Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Wednesday, November 22nd. On this date in 1963, 60 years ago, President John F. Kennedy was gunned down by an assassin as he rode in a motorcade in downtown Dallas. Texas Governor John Connolly, who was riding in the jump seat in front of the president and first lady, was seriously wounded. Suspected gunman Lee Harvey Oswald was arrested, and Vice President Lyndon Johnson was sworn in as president on Air Force One. For your morning trivia, when CBS News anchor Walter Cronkite went on the air to announce the president had been shot, he interrupted a daytime soap opera for the bulletin. What show did his bulletin take off the air? I'll have that answer coming up. But first, it's time to check in on your Wednesday forecast over at the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center. And good Wednesday morning to you. I'm meteorologist Joey Sovide. If you're traveling early this morning for Thanksgiving, getting ready for the holiday tomorrow, make sure you're extra careful out on the roads. We do have a fair amount of rain out there. There'll be scattered rain through about lunchtime. After that, a cold front moves through. We start to dry out. We'll even see peaks of sunshine second half of the day. Temperatures for most of today will be in the upper 60s to around 70 degrees will be a breezy day. We'll start to dry out this afternoon. We'll turn dry tonight, partly cloudy. And tomorrow for Thanksgiving, we start out in the 40s in the morning. A little chilly first thing, 60s, low to mid 60s with a partly cloudy sky by the afternoon. Just a small chance of a shower on Black Friday and then dry Saturday and Sunday with highs in the low to mid 60s. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast. Powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. The unofficial election numbers are in, and they show William Cogswell will be the next mayor of the city of Charleston, following a neck-and-neck race through most of last night. The former state representative took the majority with just under 600 votes more than incumbent Mayor John Tecklenburg. Although those results still do need to be certified by the South Carolina State Election Commission, Cogswell is already claiming victory, while Tecklenburg has conceded. Our Emily Johnson tells us more about what Cogswell had to say after the win last night. Cogswell's loved ones and supporters erupted into chants and cheers after the announcement. He started off his remarks by thanking and saying how humbled he is by the voters of Charleston for placing their trust in him for the city of Charleston. He says the new direction will put the citizens and residents first and a new direction that puts labels aside so the city can find pragmatic solutions to our problems. Cogswell says that he's pushed for a clean campaign and says he is proud of his campaign team for maintaining that throughout the election. The win over Tecklenburg was a large one for Cogswell after Tecklenburg has served as mayor for the last eight years and won two runoff elections before. You know, again, I go back to I really appreciate my voters. Fortunately, we had more of them tonight than uh, the incumbent, and uh, but it is important for me to make sure that I reach out and listen to and respect the voices of those that didn't vote for me as well. Even South Carolina's Governor Henry McMaster called Cogswell after the election to congratulate him on his victory. Reporting in downtown Charleston, Emily Johnson, Live 5 News. Cogswell's victory means Mayor John Tecklenburg's eight years as Charleston's mayor will come to a close. Our Molly McBride spent the night at his watch party and tells us what his wishes are for Charleston moving forward. Tecklenburg says serving as Charleston's mayor for the last eight years has been the honor of his life, especially getting to serve alongside the wonderful people who work for the city of Charleston. Now he's asking the community to throw their support behind Cogswell, promising he'll do the same. And I'm going to pledge tonight to do all I can 
to make the most successful transition ever so that William can hit the ground running and have a great transition that allows him on day one when he takes office um, to lead this city forward. He says he plans to have a conversation with Cogswell about the importance of continuing their partnership with the Army Corps of Engineers to prevent flooding in this city, but he's as optimistic about the future of Charleston as he's ever been. What's next for Tecklenburg remains unclear. We asked to speak with him after his speech, but he said he wanted to focus on thanking his supporters. Reporting in Charleston, I'm Molly McBride, Live 5 News. And Charleston's mayoral race was just one of three runoff races that came to a head last night. Two local council seats were also up for grabs. First, fighting for Peter Shad's former spot in Charleston City Council District 9 are William Tinkler and Mike Gaston. Looks like Tinkler is the projected winner in this one with 63% of the vote. And then in Folly Beach, Billy Grooms and Ann Pete's face off for the city's final council seat. Grooms is the incumbent, and he sits at 474 votes, while Ann Pete's has 397. Again, all of these votes still do have to be certified by the South Carolina Election Commission. Following the runoff elections, the Charleston County Board of Elections says the number of challenged ballots remains an issue that voters need to know about. Around 30,000 people voted in the recent Charleston mayoral race, and officials say 37 of those ballots required additional review. Provisional ballots are challenged because of a variety of issues, causing officials to make sure the voter meets the criteria before their vote is counted. Provisional ballots just means there was an issue. There's a challenge to your voter registration for some reason. We don't want that. That's not our goal. We want people to have their information updated. We want to make sure they're vote ready. And part of that is making sure you check those things ahead of the election. The number of these ballots is up slightly from 2019, but down 20 from 2015. Officials say their goal is to have the least number of provisional ballots as possible so voters can have an easier time at the polls. A Dorchester County contractor accused of taking hundreds of thousands of dollars from clients without finishing jobs showed up in bankruptcy court after U.S. Marshals stepped in to intervene. Ronald Ergel said it was his mistake that he missed multiple hearings after filing for Chapter 7 bankruptcy. He represented himself in the case after being sanctioned and being held in contempt due to his absence and failure to cooperate. The contempt was lifted after Ergel agreed to comply, saying he had nothing to hide. Another meeting is scheduled next month where people who claim uh, he owes them money will be able to attend and question him. In newly announced indictments, South Carolina corrections officers are alleged to have tipped off inmates ahead of contraband searches and even helped smuggle in illegal cell phones and drugs. For years, officials have voiced concerns about illegal cell phones in the hands of inmates. And yesterday, they announced a series of indictments they say show just how dangerous this contraband is. 57 indictments were handed down against nine defendants, both inmates and former correctional officers. Officials say this was a day state leaders have warned about for years. The combination of public corruption and contraband cell phones has contributed to violent crimes, drug trafficking, child sex crimes, and other crimes being committed against our citizens. We had the largest RICO case in state history being run out of a prison. We've had suicides by a veteran. We've had a correctional officer shot at his house. We've been telling you that this is a problem over and over again. Officials also requested $30 million in the next state budget to install technology in every South Carolina prison, allowing them to find and shut off contraband phones.
Thanksgiving is tomorrow, and ahead of that holiday, a local organization wants to help our neighbors in need. Jean's Angels is the group making it happen. Live 5's Autumn Klein joins us from the newsroom to tell us more about today's event. Good morning, Autumn. Good morning, Shelby and Katie. Jean's Angels' mission is to serve as a resource to the community and bring joy, compassion, and essentials to anyone who needs them. At today's event, people will be able to get a hot shower, free haircut, a hot meal, and can get some laundry done. Jeans Angels has both a mobile shower and laundry trailer that they take to Berkeley, Charleston, and Dorchester counties weekly. Every second and fourth Monday and every Tuesday and Wednesday, the organization comes together to host these shower events for the homeless, where they are also provided entertainment, with television as they eat their meal and wait to use the services. Event coordinators say their goal is to serve others with compassion and decency and without judgment, regardless of their life situation. The organization says there won't be any finger pointing or assumption of anything about an individual's character. Today's event starts at 11 this morning and runs through 2 this afternoon. It's happening at the Monk's Corner Baptist Field at 496 East Main Street. Jeans Angels is always looking for volunteers and donations to continue to make these events happen. Coming up at 6, I'll tell you more about how you can help the organization. In the newsroom, Autumn Klein, Live 5 News. Thank you, Autumn. Tomorrow's Thanksgiving and the 46th annual Turkey Day Run and Gobble Wobble is back. Tomorrow's race is the largest 5K run in the state and will start at 9 a.m. on Meeting Street in downtown Charleston near Marion Square. Now, the top finishers will get a gift card of up to a $500 value. There is a race expo and packet pickup today from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. at the tent on the northeast side of Marion Square. Uh, to register, it's $50, and you still have time to do so using the link in the big red box on live5news.com. Looking ahead to some other holiday festivities, the Old Town Bluffton Historic District is hosting its first Jingle Bell Stroll. That event will be Thursday, November 30th from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. Visitors can start shopping early with businesses in the area. You can also enjoy some treats for all ages. And on Folly Beach, the city has a whole list of holiday events that are lined up for you to enjoy. Those festivities kick off with a community tree lighting event this Sunday at 7 p.m. That'll be at Folly River Park. The community is invited to come on out to light up the park with some holiday lights and sing-alongs to holiday favorites. Next month, there will also be some visits from Santa himself, a Christmas parade, and a menorah lighting ceremony. Operation Santa is officially underway at the U.S. Postal Service. This week marks the earliest kickoff ever for the 111-year-old program. Helps make sure that children's letters make it to Santa and they make it to the elves and other helpers who assist with the gifts. To participate, kids need to use their full name, a return address, a stamp, and Santa's correct address. That po the Postal Service says that address is 123 Elf Road, North Pole, and the zip code is 88888. If you want to help Santa and his elves with a child's letter, check out the USPS website. Thanksgiving tomorrow and the rest of the holiday season around the corner, the Goose Creek Fire Department is bringing some holiday joy by delivering a message of hope to children. The fire department is now hosting its first annual Marine Corps Reserve Toys for Tots campaign, and the toys collected will be distributed to children throughout the Tri-County area. Live 5's Destiny Kennedy joins us live this morning from the Goose Creek Fire Department. So, Destiny, tell us more about this campaign. Good morning.
Good morning, Katie and Shelby. Officials here at the Goose Creek Fire Department tell me they're excited to spread some holiday cheer and encourage the community to do the same. To participate in the Marine Corps Reserve Toys for Tots campaign, you can bring toys to the donation boxes at all the city's fire stations. The campaign serves toddlers, children, and teens through age 17. Toys must be new and unwrapped, and no toy weapons will be accepted. Monetary donations are accepted as well through a QR code. Take a look at your screen. Toys can be dropped off at the following locations. Here at the Button Hall Station, the Crow Field Station, and the Mount Holly Station. They're accepting donations now, and the last day to donate is Friday, December 15th. In 2022, the Marine Toys for Tots distributed 24.4 million toys, books, and games to 9.9 million disadvantaged children with the help of 50,000-plus volunteers. Chief Todd Pruitt with the Goose Creek Fire Department tells us more about how it's important to bring holiday joy to those who are less fortunate. We're a very visible entity in the community, and what better way to, to support a good cause um, and having us support a good cause. Um, I think this adds a lot to being able to support the, the people that aren't as fortunate as us um, during the holidays. If you're interested in donating, drop-off times are from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Toys will be distributed on Christmas Day. Reporting live in Goose Creek, Destiny Kennedy, Live 5 News. At the beginning of the show, we were talking about the Kennedy assassination, which happened 60 years ago today. Walter Cronkite went on the air to break the news of the shooting, but there was no TV camera available in the studio at that moment. So he voiced the news over a CBS bulletin slide. His announcement interrupted the soap opera As the World Turns. Celebrating birthdays this Wednesday, actress Jamie Lee Curtis is 65. Actress Marielle Hemingway is 62. Actor Mark Ruffalo is 56. And actress Scarlett Johansson is 39. Thanks so much for joining us for Morning Y'all, powered by Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.